Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Greetings. I would like to welcome you to another podcast presentation of Sparkin' Conversations by the Electrical Association. I'm Mike Miller, your host. Once again, I would like to thank you for choosing the Electrical Association podcast for one of your sources of information for things going on in the electrical trade. I'd also like to extend a special thank you to Federated Insurance for being a sponsor of this and many activities of the Electrical Association. In an effort to continue our mission of providing useful information to our members, electrical contractors, and other industries providers, I would like to welcome our guest today, Ryan Beck. Welcome, Ryan. Please share with our listeners, if you would, who is Ryan Beck and what does he bring to our discussion today that is of significant importance to electrical contractors? Thank you, Mike, for the introduction and uh, for letting me join the podcast today. The uh, the, the who is Ryan Beck question that could go a million different directions and then probably loaded. So I'll, I'll keep it brief, but just uh, upper Midwest, you know, I live in Minnesota now for 20 years and originally grew up in Wisconsin. So hopefully your listeners don't uh, hold that against me or turn the, the station as a result, but I'd like to be outdoors and just your typical up, kind of upper Midwest guy that uh, boating, golfing, hiking, snowmobiling, anything I can do to get outside. But from a professional perspective, I've always enjoyed learning about businesses, building relationships, helping people and, and businesses identify problems, and am a, a firm believer in technology being a key component in businesses being able to thrive and sustain over time. Today, I was just hoping to share a little bit about our technology, Project Payment, and how it can help give time and flexibility back to your hardworking business owners. So, Ryan, interesting that you bring up the concept of project to payment. Let our listeners know a few things about the company's mission statement and how your team works to accomplish these goals. Well, our mission statement, um, we exist to give time and flexibility back to business owners through simple software tools. And our goal has always been to earn the right to be recommended. So we know that we're earning that right when our customers thrive and, and, and we're living our mission. We all know how valuable contractors and, and electricians are to you know, new construction and keeping our homes and buildings powered and, and driving a healthy community. And when we took a step back and looked at the landscape of estimation and invoice software tools that are out in the market for contractors and electricians in this case, we quickly saw that most of them were, I would say, overly complicated and far too expensive. So especially for small business owners. So to provide a kind of relief and time savings and and, and to give necessary tools to those small business owners without that complexity and having manuals to go through and tons of training and, and that huge expense, we created Project to Payment. 
Well, you know, that's quite a lead in. I, I think uh, as in a contractor of 39 years, I clearly remember the woes, worries, and headaches and frustrations of new software. And it was over daunting in some cases where a person just wondered if it was worth it until, of course, it did finally work. And so project of payment sounds like it's a, a little more simpler. I have a bunch of questions about that coming up, but the first thing I'd like to ask you is, who would be a typical user of software products, Ryan? Great question. And I'll, I'll say it's funny you mentioned that because it's far too often we, we get the, the sediment of, I wish I would have done this sooner. And that certainly rings true with everything we're discussing today and, and kind of taking that technology and building it into your business. But our typical users you know it's going to be electrical of course hvac landscaper businesses we have a few snow removal um, lawn care type of, uh, of businesses but masonry painting plumbing i mean really the whole gamut anyone that's looking to provide estimates to customers and and invoice and collect payment for those services and as you mentioned the simplicity i mean that really is our mission our focus our goal is to and really the core of our system is to keep it simple and it's probably, I mean, from a company perspective, and I don't know if you have questions about this in, in going forward, but the ideal choice is probably, you know, 10 employees or less, you know, a couple crews, I, I, maybe one to five electricians. And um, it's kind of where we kind of see the sweet spot for us. And, you know, it, again, it's all about keeping it simple when it comes to sending out estimates, invoices, tracking a customer and, and those project details, and then collecting for the payment at the end. Well, well, Ryan, that makes perfect sense to me. But, you know, one of the things I think that I caught there, that smaller area of a contractor shop, because we have those in the Electrical Association. And I think that's something that sometimes people say, well, I don't need these big project packages that can do everything from counting screws to building assemblies to uh, eight different levels of installation. So do you find people as you're going about in your sales efforts uh, that they have that big need for small? Is that, I guess my point is everyone has a dream of growing, kinda, but because of limitations associated with employment, material acquisition, and other factors, sometimes staying small appears to be the right choice. Do you see that to be kind of a more common pattern that you're seeing, or is it still everyone has the dream of being number one? I would say that we are seeing trying to keep things manageable, especially, you know, a recession brings uncertainty to every business. And I think right now it's, um, I don't want to say staying afloat, but kind of keeping things at par there, you know, again, at the um, event that the Electrical Association had last month, um, it was a kind of a mixed bag. There was some that were certainly looking to grow and, and had um, aspirations of, of getting their business to, to new levels for sure. But then there was that group that certainly was looking to keep things consistent, I guess would be the best way to put it, um, especially again, given certain economic conditions and, and obviously market segment, um, you know, if you're working with commercial or, or residential more, certainly factors into that. And it, it's one of those things, where, where do you wanna grow? Where do you cut costs? Because as you're looking to grow, you need to spend more money on marketing um, and again, with the way the economy is, you know, those and, and how consumer spending habits are. Um, I think we're seeing a lot that are trying to kind of maintain that smaller footprint from that perspective. Good points. I, I totally agree with you. 
Now I'd kind of like to shift gear a little ways and just kind of talk about uh, some of the tools of the trade. And one of the things you mentioned in your uh, products is that does produce an estimate. Could you just share with our listeners a little bit about what kind of information is on that estimate and how would I, as perhaps a customer, use that estimate? Another great question. Um, so we have what, what we call an item library within the software. So it's fully customizable, so you can create line items you need for each estimate and then we track those for future projects so we can store them um, they include items like uh, typically like material costs so wire cable lugs electrical tape those types of things you know labor expenses just a, this full list of item library that when you're looking to create a, an estimate for a customer there's not a lot of manual key entry if all of those items are in the in the library, if you will. So it's quickly just searching for and adding those to the estimate as you as you go through. Obviously, those items change over time, so you can certainly add, delete, edit. But that estimate also, so one obviously the line item details are extremely important, but it also includes branding, so your business name, logo, contact um, details, project names, pricing, of course, and that can be broken down with taxes, the project total, any payment terms that you have. And then of course, the as a, your customer has the ability to accept that electronic proposal. So if you send an estimate to them and they acknowledge everything looks good, they can, with a click of a button, accept the proposal. And of, of course, if you're requiring any percentage of the money up front, they can also pay for that either via credit card or an ACH payment method. Great. One other quick question I want to ask about this before we jump that concept of the estimate. You mentioned that you have a library of products and even labor uh, amounts based on the installation. Is that something the contractor keys in initially himself or can a purchase perhaps maybe download price indexes from offline from other vendors? Yep. Can be keyed. Um, of course, that gets cumbersome and we, again, with that mission focus of keeping things simple. Um, typically what we do if there are a, a larger number of items is we can take those and upload them for the contractor. So um, it's a simple script and we can have those imported fairly easy. So that that's probably the best method if there's gonna be an extensive library. So the contractor actually build his own assemblies right from what you've helped him or he puts in to the system. Correct. Yeah. So, um, and that's where the the smaller business model is kind of our our target initially. If they're if you're looking for you know vendor syncing and you know kind of that that perspective, it's not gonna provide that level of sophistication. But if you have um, you know there, there are quite a few. Well, some of our members that are mutual customers and members uh, have an Excel spreadsheet of everything that they use when they create those. Well, we're able to import those details into project to payment. That really sounds fairly simple. Uh, I know it takes time, but certainly simple. And that's kind of what a lot of people are looking for. Well, here's a question I just happened to think of while you were talking about that. I was in the contracting business for quite a few years, and, and I was one of the first persons that I think that I know of as a contract that actually went automated in estimates, and I, and I struggled, I got to tell you. Do you have a lot of contractors looking for first-time entry into your product as a, the best choice as opposed to buying big and learning and growing into it? Uh, I think that's still 
yet to be seen. We're getting rave reviews, and I don't think that anyone has um, indicated. And obviously, feedback's important, um, and and that's how the product grows. But as of now, I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces of um, customer feedback that we get is how easy it is to use and, and adding the the efficiency. Sure, if if and the product is evolving too. So as companies grow, um, obviously we want to we want to grow with them. But um, I think. Dialing it back to not having, again, if you're a smaller business and you don't need vendor syncing and dispatching and payroll and, and those types of things, a lot of times the system gets much more complex and a lot more modules is never a good thing if you're not actively using them on a day in and day out basis. So I think for us, you know, the our model has always been we have videos and, and, and training available, but our simple kind of try to have no training typically needed and, and up and running the same day and using the system or working it into your day-to-day processes has been our goal and it seems to be successful with our, our current customers. Oh, great. Ryan, if I were a contractor considering using your software products, do I have to be concerned with buying a new computer or would it work on my own Windows 10 or 12? And also, if I would buy that software, would my printer work with it as well? Great question. It's it's amazing how many times this has actually been asked, whether we're at um, conferences or just uh, on telephone calls. Is you know what does it look like from hardware's perspective? It's project to payment, fully web based. Will work with any computer. Um, we get we always get the I, I use a Apple computer. Is it going to be an issue? No, but it'll work with any computer, mobile device, as long as there's an internet connection or, or mobile connection from that standpoint. So if you're out in in the field or, or in the truck, you know, you can you can use it from your mobile device. And so no hardware oper- operating system worries from that standpoint. And um, again, when you utilize project payments, one of the things that I think gets overlooked a lot of times is all of your work is saved as you go. So if you're switching devices, you're on your computer, you run out, you jump on your mobile device, um, it's saved throughout the project and you can still have the latest project information at your fingertips. So if you're moving from one device to another, no need to worry that things are lagging behind because you didn't click a save button, which it's kind of doing that for you. But um, that's probably one of the biggest value adds. And I didn't realize how often there would be switching, um, I suppose, I'm one that jumps from email to email and device to device all the time. And and it's nice to have those things in sync with one another. Boy, that's for sure. Ryan, another question I I just wanted to kind of go back to you started talking about, and I think you probably answered, but for those of our listeners, you know, you you talk about, you can have a guy up and running in a day. That that sounds almost impossible, but you know, uh, with modern technology as as compatible with the mind is becoming, which impresses me right away. Uh, I'm really impressed with that. But so you're really thinking that you could have a guy up and running in, in a day or less? Yes. And that's funny you say that. I want to say early last week, I was speaking with our director of customer service and, and I'll share a quick story. And it's actually about one of the electrical association members that just signed up with us. So we do require an online activation document to be completed. And it just asks some basic questions about the business, tax ID, address, those types of things. And once we receive the submission, it's within 24 hours. What's interesting with that, this one was done within just, I think, like four hours. So it was up and running and active. And and it was funny, The you know our team reached out to this member, didn't hear from him for a day. And, and essentially what he thought is that 
you know, they reached out letting him know that his online submission was received and approved. And he just thought that it meant that it was received and, and being looked at for final so he could be able to use it. And his comment was, wait, this thing's already set up and active. The last time I did this, it took a week and they needed a, a lot of documents. It was drawn out. There were a ton of steps. I had to send in business licenses and and different things. So we've really fine-tuned that over the years. And, and, and as a company, I mean, we've been in this business for 20 years or a little over 20 years. So um, software is what we do. And, and we've really dialed in the processes for activation and, and, and feedback and, and simplicity when it comes to um, not only utilizing the software, but getting up and running with it as well. Wow. Interesting. I've got one about with any software product industry, there's always that learning curve we must deal with. How does project to payment handle educating users or products and support after it started? Well, as I mentioned, we have a long history of kind of working in this space and, and our customer service team is amazing and they and they work with hands-on with a lot of our, our users and they work with each user during the onboarding to ensure that they understand how to use project to payment, if there's any training, um, if they would rather have videos, if they would rather do um, kind of walk through demos where there's a screen share. But so there's a lot of different ways we can do it. I, I think we've found that just with as overworked as a lot of this, this group is, that they would prefer to do kind of self-learning. So we do have a lot of those self-service support articles and documentation on how to get started and customizing things and using features and best practices around using features. And, and that's an ever-evolving library. And one of the nice things too with that is you don't have to jump in and, and see if something came out. We're always updating our customers on Here's what we're, here's what released. Here's kind of some of the the best practices for using the projects module and in our support team. Most of those are local Minnesota residents. So I would say the vast majority of them are are here in Minnesota. They're always available for questions via phone or email or or our ticketing system. If you're on in the on the job and you're on the you know util, utilizing the it on your mobile device and you have a question right from within the app you can contact support and they can kind of see exactly where you are in the system and what question you have and, and can reach out within just minutes to be able to address any questions that you have. So, um, and I will say well, kind of one, one more thing on that. And uh, sorry if I'm getting a little long-winded, but um, I'm passionate about this as well. Because we support both the software side and the payment side, it's one support team for everything, which is a huge value add. So if you were on that mobile device and you had questions about sending out an invoice, it's the same support channel as if you had questions about uh, payment deposit or, or, or anything else. So um, it's kind of that one, one method of, of support for any question that you'd have when using the application. Okay. One thing too, Ryan, I've seen in the past, and you maybe have too in your travels of sales, and that is a lot of contractors may not use an estimating package, but they have other packages such as QuickBooks or other bookkeeping systems they're using very effectively. Does, does yours get along with the QuickBooks at all? Not necessarily from integration standpoint so much as is it redundant? I, I know I, I would consider that if I was a QuickBooks person and you... Um, and your product came along because really there's some real merit to both of those, I would think. Is that true? 
Very much so. I'd say QuickBooks far and away um, is the most common bookkeeping application that we're seeing with our market segment. And uh, whether it's pr primarily used for payroll and bookkeeping, it seems like the vast majority of our group, for whatever reason, aren't leveraging the invoice application as well. And I don't know, I probably need to do some more uh, focus group efforts on, on why that is, but project payment works seamlessly with QuickBooks. And since, you know, the payment history and everything that is tracked within project to payment can easily be updated to um, to QuickBooks. So it's not a, a ton of redundancy with regards to key entry of data from one system to another. It's, it's more just making sure that the data is represented well within QuickBooks as it is in, in project to payment. And so, yeah, it, it I would say QuickBooks is heavily used, but I think there are some limitations when it comes to kind of tailoring it down to a specific business vertical like field services when it comes to the estimation invoice and, and payment application side. Well, Ryan, this has been an incredibly informative session, what you bring to the industry with project to payment. Uh, let our listeners know, if you would, how they could get in touch with you and your team for additional information. Yeah, I'd say um, first go to uh, check out our project payment website. It's www.project2payment.com, and that's the number two. So um, project2payment.com, and it, it, especially if you're managing paper invoices and in, in, you know estimates, checks, those types of things. Adding a service like this, I think, is will make your processes more efficient, not only for you but for your customers as well. Okay. One one thing you mentioned that kind of amused me, you're not the first person during our podcast that have mentioned that I have a lot of passion for this. And, you know, that's really when a guy can get that wrapped up and that excited about a product, there must be some merit to it. Not that it's just your income, but the fact that you are doing the economy and the, the, the trade a big favor. So I, I got to really say, I think that's great. I appreciate it on behalf of the Electrical Association. So I, I guess that is kind of let the... Let the fall ball fall where it will. It's an end of another program already. I just can't believe it went so fast. I'd like to thank Ryan Beck for taking time out of his busy schedule to share with our listeners the concept of project to payment. Thank you, Ryan. Are there any final messages you'd care to leave with our listeners today? Well, thanks, Mike. Yeah, this was fun. And, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I think I would, I, one final comment I'd stay with, and you're right, contractors, electricians are, are an essential part of the con, uh, economy, and know, whether it's new construction or servicing, I mean, our country is not going to be able to recover and thrive without these services, and, and what you guys are doing at the Electrical Association in way of training, education, work at the Capitol, I, I, I see that all the time, Michelle, and her, her efforts there as well, the list goes on and on, it is amazing, and we're excited to be a, a partner of the organization. Well, I greatly appreciate your sponsorship and help with it as well, sir, because if it wouldn't be for guys like you, we'd be miles behind. So I would like to thank our executive producer, Katie Grams, for her work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen. She does a great job as always. And also another big thank you to Federated Insurance, who has sponsored this presentation. With that, I would like to wish you all safe travel until we can join again for another Electrical Association Sparkin' Conversations. I'm Mike Miller, your host. Good day. Sparkin' Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com.